How are people more important than programs? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry of the Navigators. Thank you for listening today. This is the fourth of six sessions with Pastor Philip Wood. Philip is lead pastor of Northwest Christian Church in Wichita, Kansas. Philip and his wife, Kathy, have invested their lives in making disciples for Jesus Christ for over 40 years. Philip starts by recalling some prior discipleship relationships he had and how important and critical those were. He goes on to describe the importance of mentoring relationships. Philip refers to the concept of communities of heaven. See our show notes for more information about his ministry or check out their website at communitiesofheaven.org. Let's listen in on his reflections of the importance of relationships in making disciples. And I went up there and I kind of wasn't planning and then the last minute I went up there and I went up there <laughs> and walked in on the, the greeting time and oh my goodness, it was like a party. I mean, I, I ran in, I just hugged, you know, the widow and Janet and all these people who were so precious. And, and they all, you know, remember the times when we were in that group, that, which I believe was the first, in, in my mind, a community of heaven. It was a group of people that loved one another, and the community of heaven said, what exactly is that? Well, that's a community of heaven is a group of people who love God, not afraid to express it in worship, and who love one another and are not afraid to express that. The greatest thing about heaven, of course, is going to be seeing the Lord himself hmm. and being in his presence. And I think that the most wonderful thing about a community of heaven is the, the sense of the presence of the Lord in that setting and just the free expression of the gifts and you know or whatever the lord wants to do when the group is gathered and the neat thing about that group up in illinois which you know i think the lord taught me a lot of things i didn't sometimes we do better when we don't know what we're doing and i was certainly in that category i didn't know what i was doing certainly and people just kept coming we we interestingly enough saw people getting healed we eventually saw a lady get delivered, two or three ladies, get uh, people get delivered from evil spirits, mm. which, let me tell you, that was way outside of my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, but it happened. And I think to some degree, it almost got me kicked out of the church because a lot of people couldn't understand. It didn't happen publicly, thank God, but the word got through that, that there was some extreme things happening. And it was hard to explain to people who didn't understand it. But we saw all of the, you know, the things that Jesus did, we saw them actually manifested in that group or with the people in that group. And uh, the neat thing about the group was it wasn't like it only met when, when it was scheduled, you know, like on a Monday night or whatever. They, they would oftentimes, hey, what are we doing Friday night? Let's, and they would all spontaneously want to get together and to, to sing, you know, to sing with the guitar, to study the Bible, to ask questions. Of course, those meetings weren't just, you know, an hour-long Bible study. I mean, we're sitting there all night and uh, answering questions and talking. I mean, it's just a, a natural life, an organic kind of life that's happening. And uh, so that's, uh, that was greatly impacting. So coming back to Central Christian Church is where I came and worked with my dad. And, and I would say I went through seminary and learned a lot of, and again, it was always New Testament was my focus. Learned a lot of theology. But I tell you where I learned the ministry, David, was by being mentored by my father. Again, coming back to Central Christian Church. And I worked with him while I was at 
OAU as well, come home in the summer the last two years that I was at OAU, but then I came back. And my father taught me how to baptize someone. He taught me how to go visit the hospital. He taught me how to do weddings. He taught me how to do funerals. You know, of course, he taught me how to preach. How? By watching it, you know, and, and if I had questions. I learned from him by coming home after working and uh, sitting in the kitchen. And he would ask questions. I'd ask questions and we would talk. Hmm. And so I was very much, you know, discipled or mentored by my father. Yeah. So I had a very good model mm-hmm. of that. And um, so it was, uh, it was a blessing. And of course, we've done a lot of walks together, um, you know. And uh, so that, that was good. And, and, and then I uh, eventually found uh, a young lady named Kathy Leeson who uh, I asked to marry me. And uh, she came from a Methodist background, interestingly enough. So when she started attending the church at Central Christian, um, actually I was sort of working a little bit with her boyfriend at the time. And, um, and eventually uh, they broke up. <laughs> and I guess I picked up where he left off or something. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. Doesn't sound real good, does it? Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, but uh, Kathy uh, and I followed her up as well. I mean, I, I was what is called Minister of Evangelism and Discipleship in those days. And uh, so I would follow up anybody who, you know, made a decision to accept Christ, which a lot of people did in those days. And Kathy happened to be one of them, and I always tell people I did a really good job of following up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it became a rather permanent relationship. We were married in 1980. So it's been just over 40 years that we've been together. Mm. So, uh, so it's been a it, it's been a wonderful ride, and and she's you know I guess we we now work together. Um, the communities of heaven, you know, is based in that verse, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." The other verse then that God really stirred deeply into our hearts is, like everyone else, is the Great Commission. And I've been fascinated first with um, Matthew chapter 28, but not just starting with verse 19, but starting with verse 18. And it says, And Jesus came up to them, and meaning the twelve or the eleven disciples at that time, and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Okay, so once someone said that, in other words, everything I say, is no one's going to top this. There's no Supreme Court. There's no king. There's no president. What I'm going to say to you, I am the ultimate authority in the universe. I have been given that place by God. Now, listen carefully. I want you to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, I soon learned after studying that and listening again with the influence of Howard Hendricks, there's only one verb active verb in that particular verse 19 make disciples mathetes you know and then i learned that there's three qualifying adverbs in <laughs> participles you know going baptizing and teaching 
So, you know, over the years, I just began to think about that. You know, what, what is what is that? And so um, as I was thinking about that and thinking about small groups, tried to start small groups at Central, but when you've got a, a very centrally based church, it's hard to get people thinking about a small group. And, I, and my concept probably, and still is probably deep inside, is that I believe a church sometimes can be better understood in the form of a small group meeting at a home. As we study the scriptures, we see particularly in the New Testament, the book of Acts, that this is where the church or discipleship took place was more in homes and in the context of a small group. Even after 3,000 people came to Christ, they didn't say every day they just met in the temple. They did meet in the temple, but also from house to house. And what did they do? Well, they did it every day for a start. And secondly, they, they had their meals. They shared meals together. You know, there was a community. So this idea of community, sharing together. The word community, of course, just means, comes from the word koinonia, which means to share and to participate in each other's lives. So we begin to study particularly those early verses in Acts chapter 2. Well, not the early verses, but the verses in the early church about the early church. And so we tried to put this all together with the Great Commission. Eight disciples, small groups. Uh, what's the community of heaven? It's a small group that makes a disciple. <laughs> well, we make disciples. Although we discovered sometimes having a small group doesn't always assume you're making disciples. Well, there, has, there has to be some real intention uh, in the small group. So, uh, again, we're on a continual learning curve in that situation. So, at some point, we just felt the Lord was leading us to move out of Central Christian Church. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle through the building program, and my dad had some difficult times, and, and, uh, and of course, it was a time of my own faith being really tested. And, and the one thing that sort of kept me online, David, was, was having a sense of purpose, was having this clarity, being able to answer that question, and what do you want to achieve with Jesus within this lifetime? So, so you'll be instrumental, in, you know, uh, so that when you die, you die a totally fulfilled person. And I have it right up here in front of me, and you can't see it. Nobody <laughs> can. Right in front of me, my personal calling, from my bulletin board, my personal calling from Jesus is to make disciples by being instrumental in setting up communities of heaven wherever the Lord leads me. <laughs> that's And that's kind of what uh, I, I live by. So even if all my circumstances uh, fall apart around me. If uh, churches or people don't like me, I've got this mission that God has given me, which I believe personally he's given to everyone, maybe not exactly the way I've worded it, mm-hmm. but everyone's been called to go and make disciples. And I keep telling everybody that's not a mission for the select few. That's a mission for every single person who accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I say? And so I think it's God's will, God's desire, everyone to somehow learn to make disciples. And my job is, by God's grace, is to equip people to become disciple makers. God's desire is for everyone to somehow learn how to make disciples. It's not only a command from the Lord Jesus, but he also promises to be with us as we are faithfully obedient to him.
Today, Philip reminded us that in the New Testament, discipleship typically took place in homes and small groups, people with people, sharing meals, and indeed, sharing their very lives. You won't want to miss the next session with Pastor Philip Wood as he shares his vision of investing in just a few people, building into their lives the ability and desire to walk with God daily. We'll look forward to seeing you next time as together we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.